drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Trumbier, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on, everybody? I am back here on a Wednesday to talk about... Gosh, what am I going to talk about today? <laughs> I guess I got to talk about this Carolina football game that went on on Sunday. And what I'm going to try to talk about is how to fix the Detroit Lions. I mean, obviously, we all know there are changes that need to be made. Some people just want to completely start over. Others think we've got some pieces. We'll, we'll get into that. Um, I, I don't know. I'm going to try to serve up that Kool-Aid, but I'm also going to vent, as I have on other shows. Uh, talked to uh, Grifka this week, and we both got travel plans, family, Turkey Day, even with it being kind of a low-key Thanksgiving this year with uh, everything still going on in the world. I feel like we've been saying that for ever now, and it has been forever. It's been months and months and months, but, um, you know, low-key Thanksgiving. Hope everybody stays safe, but uh, just told Grifka, hey, let's just not, let me knock out a soul low show and we'll go from there so we still plan to have something for you friday as well but uh like i said i'll get into this panthers game how to fix the lions give you my quick take on what you might see on thanksgiving when they kick it off at 12 30 there hopefully we're in the throwbacks better have the good throwbacks on at least all right so so let's get into this the lions come to play the carolina panthers i mean everything's basically on the line i called it the biggest football game of the year you're looking at it I mean, the Lions win. Not only can they win that game, but it gives them some mo, some momentum heading into Thanksgiving. You know, the Carolina Panthers don't have Christian McCaffrey. They don't have their starting quarterback playing a guy from the XFL. And the Lions, yeah, the Lions miss Kenny Galladay. They're missing DeAndre Swift. Don't have Trey Flowers. Basically, three of their top football players overall. So you're, you're thinking, hey, you know, this could be a tight ball game, back and forth, maybe kind of ugly. Oh, it was ugly, all right. The Detroit Lions, this was one of the most embarrassing football games that I have ever watched from this team. I mean, when you look at it, what did they do well? What did they even do at, at all? I mean, they showed up, they had their uniforms on, and that's about it, because... They didn't do anything offensively. They ran the same old defense we've been seeing for weeks and weeks, which is, you know, poor coverage, seeing lack of effort. I just unbelievable some of the tackling I see in Lions games. You know, guys all around the football yet not going after the ball carrier. Guys trying to hit the ball carrier and slipping off like their jersey is, is caked in Crisco. I mean, what is going on with some of this this tackling or, hey, you know, I know the ball carrier is right there, but I'm going to just stand off to the side and hope somebody else gets him. Like, 
makes no sense. I mean, it's just, just brutal on the defensive side of the ball once again, letting a guy like P.J. Walker throw for 258, a touchdown, and he threw two picks in the end zone. You had two end zone INTs and did absolutely nothing with them. I mean, they didn't even run the ball that well on you. Mike Davis had pedestrian day. Uh, DJ Moore went off for a buck two seven, as well as Curtis Samuel, I think had, you know, 80 some and a touchdown. I mean, you know, the, the Carolina Panthers did bottom level what they needed to do to beat the lions and they beat the lions 20 to zero. <laughs> Matt Stafford had 178 passing, no touchdowns, no nothing <laughs> leading rusher. I see here, Adrian. Peterson, 7 for 18 yards. (laughs) TJ Hawkinson didn't see a football until nearly halftime and uh, ended with 4 for 68 yards. Marvin Jones had the big touchdown called back due to just horrible execution by the Detroit Lions in play. So, I mean, there's just nothing to be excited about after this game. I mean... uh, how Matt Stafford can come out and play that horribly, how Daryl Bevel can call the type of plays that he's calling deep into the second or third quarters. I think it was late in the third quarter. We need all these points and he's running like a, uh, option play where Matt Stafford keeps the football. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he runs like, uh, two yards in a cloud of dust up the middle and we're down 17, zero with no time left. I mean, what is the what is the guy doing? Like, I I used to support Daryl Bevel. I I can't do it anymore, man. He's either stuck in the past, or he's too worried about all these other factors rather than just letting his good guys go and make plays and keeping his bad football players off the field. Offensive line, Swiss cheese got Matt Stafford killed. I mean, there there is no Detroit Kool Aid. There's nothing I could serve up. I can't even hit the sound bite even though I want to, because there's nothing to drink in after this game. Nothing. So, I, I'm not going to harp on the point. 20-0, there's not much, much that needs to be said. Embarrassing for you, all of you that don't follow me on Twitter, at Derek Oakry. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Like, one of my tweets after the game was, like, how embarrassed I was by this, and I followed it up with, as embarrassed as I am by their play, I'm more embarrassed by Matt Patricia's reaction to it. Just standing there, no passion, not getting after the refs when there's questionable calls, not getting his players excited, not rallying the troops, standing there with his mask on, stupid look on his face, just uh, going through the motions, you know, probably in his head blaming the players for... You know, I told you had to do this, you had to do that, you didn't do it. Players probably looking at the head coach saying, like, I can't believe you got us running these schemes on defense and you're letting this guy call offensive plays, not letting us sling it, not letting us be aggressive. I mean, it's it's probably both ways. But Matt Patricia's lack of passion on Sundays, I don't care what he does Monday through Thursday or Friday, yelling at the team, putting them through the paces, making them run laps. None of that shows up on Sunday. None of his intelligence shows up on a Sunday whatsoever. I feel like he he lays out a game plan. He says that's what we're going with there, guys. And he just rides it out despite the fact that it's not working. 
you're getting your tail kicked. He's just like, yep, that's what we're going with this week. <laughs> and then afterwards, oh, afterwards, his pressers, he wants to say the same things. Give no answers whatsoever. Act like if he gives any type of legit answer that it will show his weakness. He will therefore be null and void as a head coach or never be respected again if he just looked in the camera and said, we, we can't cover. We did not cover good enough on defense. I, I didn't call enough aggressive blitzes. <laughs> our, our offense, you know, got stuck too much trying to be balanced instead of trying to be aggressive. We got to get that fixed. I mean, he gave the same old, we didn't execute, we're not consistent enough, it's on, I'm going to do better. <laughs> like, you can't do better anymore, man. I'm sorry to tell you. This is what you got. You've said you're going to try to do better, coach better for weeks and weeks, a year, year and a half of this now. You've been pretty healthy um, for a majority of this year. It looked the same. Now you got some injuries. It looks the same. It... it you know, let me just say it. Let me get off this Carolina game and let me get to this point. Here we go, people. I was wrong. Matt Patricia, I kept hanging on the fact that he was going to figure it out. He was he was book smart. <laughs> he loves football. He was going to get these guys. All they needed was a little seasoning. All of a sudden, they were going to come together. No. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Matt Patricia doesn't have it as a head coach. I, I still think he contributed heavily to some of those Patriot teams from a defensive perspective, but he, he can't be the head guy. It just It's not going to work here. The sooner they, they figure out another game plan, which I'll get to here in a moment, the better. So I was wrong, people. I, I thought it would come together. I thought he could he could rally the troops. You're looking at our record. Four and six, is that, is that the worst record the Detroit Lions have ever had? You know, absolutely not. But can you just use the eye test and can you sit there on Sundays and say that this, nothing's changed, nothing's different. You know, we we can win some games, but if we're going to lose games like that to Carolina and lose some of the other ways we have this year, it's just not going to work on so many levels. So, like I said, I'm always the optimist here on the show while Griff Good tries to always tell you things are horrible and then when they're great, he gets happy. Um, I've, I've went down that road. I I've reached a point. I think it was a couple, what was it? Two weeks ago um, when they got thrashed by the Vikings where I came on here and just called people out for effort, said how horrible they were, said that that's just inexcusable. They went and won a game, you know, in late fashion against the Washington football team. I'm thinking, okay, you know, if you could stack, you know, Carolina and then maybe also get Turkey day. Now we're talking, right? But that ship has sailed. You went down and laid an absolute egg against Carolina. You looked horrible. You had no passion. These guys don't care. And I guess where I'm at with it is like, I want I want them all gone. I want this whole Patriot scheme gone. I want this old school way of football gone. And... I, with me saying that, I still look at this roster and think there are some guys that not only you can build on, but when I see them in the jersey or see them play, I'm like, hey, that's a that's a pretty good NFL player. But there's plenty of people on this team that I look at and I see, 
why the Lions are where they are. I mean, you just look at the draft history, trying to get guys that quote-unquote fit the scheme. I mean, you took Chelani Tavai in like the top 10 of the second round. He's horrible. I mean, th- this guy, like he got the free pass like so many Lions where like you heard all these great reports early. He came in, made a few plays, you know, made that fumble against the Chargers, helped him win that game, showed a couple flashes, then got hurt. Then everybody gave him the next year thinking, I come off the injury, he'll make this big leap, didn't happen. Here we are just sitting here going, this guy is not good. He's not fast, he can't tackle, he can't read defenses. He can't play on any other NFL team either. This is the only scheme that might have worked for him, and it hasn't worked whatsoever. So you miss on a high second rounder like that. You miss on a guy. Here I'm, Here we go, people. I'm going to say it again. Griff, I know, is just going to absolutely love this podcast. Tracy Walker. Yeah, I'm looking at you, buddy. Third round pick. Bob Quinn. High five and going crazy. I saw a couple flashes. I think it was, what, one year, maybe two years ago now. I don't even remember. He made a dynamic interception against Kyler Murray, tapped his toes, had swag, was running around. Um, then he made a bunch of tackles. Everyone looked at, wow, look, he's got um, you know, 80, 90, 100 tackles, whatever it was. I mean, this is, what, year three for him, whatever. I mean, I've seen nothing from him. Chalk him up as a early to mid third rounder that hasn't worked. Will Harris, my guy, I tried to hang in with you for a bit. You don't even see the field anymore. I mean, uh, I don't know if you're not good at football, but I know you, you're not good on this current setup. So you're probably either off the roster or gone. It's another upper third rounder that we wasted. You know, you look at you look at the Jared Davises of the world, even if he gives you a play here or there. He was picked at number 20, 21 overall, whatever it was. He hasn't lived up. So all the... All the support I tried to give Bob Quinn's drafts, thinking like, well, just wait till Austin Bryant gets out there. Well, just just let Trey Flowers be this, like, you know, meat and potatoes free agent that, that get after the quarterback based on hustle, you know. Wait, um, you know, hang your hat on Kenny Galladay. Do this, do. And there's just been, just been so many misses. Like, I'm looking at my draft board now, like, mid to upper third or fourth round. You take Logan Stenberg, this guy hasn't even ever <laughs> suited up for the team, let alone been out there for anything. I mean, that's that's an absolute embarrassment. There's so many players in that fourth round we could go over that are contributing to teams, helping out. So, like, I'm just here to admit it. Like I said, I tried to look at this route. I still think, you know, on the offense side of the ball, off the top of my head, Ragnow, Decker, Hawkinson, Swift, you know, those that's basically your 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 players right there. I mean, yeah, they have their supplemental pieces, but the, those are like the four four guys basically that you can say are are good football players that are going to be here for a bit that you can you can hang on to and try to add to those defense. I don't even know anymore. I mean, again, Deshaun Hand took him in the fourth round. I feel like he's shown his true colors. He's just middle of the road, often injured guy. You know, Romeo Quara, nice pickup, played pretty well, seems to show some passion, kind of like him, but he's not a building block. I know I went down this like a week before, you know, I gave you guys my building blocks. I don't need to do it again. I mean, Jeff Okuda continues to get burnt. You took him in the top three overall. I mean, 
I still think he's got temperament and he can he can come along as as being a good corner, but I don't see him being special at this point, you know, based on what I've seen at the NFL level. And I I don't know. I I, I don't know what else. You, You basically don't have anything else to really hang your hat on. I mean, Austin Bryant, maybe, you know, uh, you know, AO. You know, took in the fifth round. He seems to play pretty good. People love him just because he makes a few plays. I mean, he's not a, a dominant player. He's a he's a good NFL corner, it appears. But I'm nothing I'm getting overly excited about. And I don't know. You just got other veterans and other tough contracts everywhere. So, like I said, just basically admitting on this podcast that I had hopes for Tracy. I had hopes for, for Will. I, I thought Tavai would come along. I thought... You know, Jared Davis could find his role here this year and be a pass rusher or be an outside linebacker and do some things, you know, and, and like none of this has come together. I, I know people on Twitter were, were giving me some some ribbing about how, like, I always put these positive tweets out about how this can happen. And hopefully that can happen. And sometimes none of it happens. And like, it, I don't think it's because my stuff is totally crazy. I think it's just. It's just proving itself out that the people I'm trying to say can maybe do some things can't. And the people I've tried to be hopeful in, and the time's run out. It's absolutely run out on all these guys. So, you know, let, let, let's take a break. And uh, when I come back, I want to talk about, you know, how, how do you get this team fixed? You know, what's the quickest turnaround? What do the Lions need? I'll kind of talk in broad strokes because I don't have a big, you know, head coaching chart. I, I don't have all that sorted out. I'm sure we'll get to that point here in the next few weeks. I, I don't have a new GM right on top of my head, new team president. But I do have some ideas of what this organization needs, what this team needs, and then also what they need on the football field to kind of flip this roster and to get out of what they got themselves into the last few years and, and start to play you know, new age, 2020, 2021, 22, type football and be able to compete. So we'll get into all that. But like I said, everybody, I hate to do this kind of tough show, but like I said, I'm so frustrated. I know the fan base is crazy frustrated. I, I don't know what you can hang your hat on at this point or what to be excited about, but I know that, you know, changes can and will be made. And also, you know, a lot of us who are optimistic and who are love this team and who have been rooting them on need to come to the realization that right now the the roster's broken, the team's broken, as well as, you know, it's okay just to admit that, you know, Matt Patricia didn't work here in Detroit. Nothing really against him personally. Nothing to all those that kind of said, hey, you know, he's doing some good things or give him some more time. The, the time's up. Time ran out, as well as the players, you know, he drafted, even on Johnson that they brought on second round. He's proven to be a washout here in the NFL. So it's like you're just sitting there going, like, admit it, you know, just admit it that they're not good enough. It's not going to be good enough. It's not going to get fixed until these people are broomed out and until you go ahead and do what I'll talk about after the break. So, everybody, I appreciate you listening. I'm sure you can hear my frustration. Go ahead and take a quick pause, come back, 
And I, I believe I'm going to get a uh, B-L-E-A-V. I believe I'm going to get in a little uh, commercial here for my Believe in Lions podcast, if anything. I know Benny Blades, who's on that show with me, is going to be so disgusted with what he saw in, in Carolina. But me and Benny still have a fun show every week. We talk, we laugh, we hear stories from him as a player. You know, you got to check that out as well as I, I still love doing the show with Grifka. You know what I mean? Like... We, we have a lot of fun gimmicks on the show. Me and Grifka obviously see the team and things differently. So we argue a lot. We get into it. But, you know, I enjoy talking Lions with a buddy, you know, twice a week as well as talking Lions with Benny Blade. So, you know, despite my frustration, despite my lack of energy maybe on this show, um, you know, I, I still really enjoy this. I love, you know, tweeting out with you guys on Twitter about how, how this team can be better. Hey, what are you seeing? Like giving my takes on a Sunday here and there of, of what I'm seeing or what I'm hoping for in ball games. I, I enjoy all that. So, you know, I hope that all that will continue. I hope that the Lions can get the fan base re-energized with a bunch of things. But like I was saying, if a little a commercial here, please check out B-L-E-A-V and Lions with myself and Benny Blades. Um, normally drops every Thursday. I'm not sure if we're going to do a little bit early or a little different based on the holiday this week. But usually every Thursday morning that show is there with you. Usually, you know, 45 to a, to an hour of me and Benny talking, me and asking him questions, getting his opinion from a, a former really good player here for the Lions, what he thinks about the team and what he saw on the field versus maybe what I saw and we go back and forth. So take a quick listen to that. Everybody will be back um, after the break talking about how do we fix this team? How do we get it right? As well as uh, my, my quick Turkey day preview, everybody will be right back. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Derek Oakry of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And this is normally where I tell you about some of our great sponsors, but today I want to tell you about my, other Lions podcast. It's called Believe in Lions. And that's spelled B-L-E-A-V on the Believe Podcasting Network with both myself and Lions legendary safety Benny Blades. Yeah, you know who he is. The hard-hitting safety Benny Blades played for the Lions. He also played for the U. You know what it is. The University of Miami, those Miami Hurricanes. He mentions it multiple times a show. Benny loves to talk about his hurricanes, his lions, and I love to play the soundbite on the show. We have a ton of fun on that show. We laugh, we joke, we talk lions. Like I said, he brings up the hurricanes. I talk about my Michigan Wolverines. Um, it's it's a really fun show. Benny loves the lions. He tells great stories from his playing days, as well as uh, we're just rooting on this team. We B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So please go ahead, find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and check it out. Share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. So check out Believe, B-L-E-A-V in Lions with myself and Benny Blades. Thank you guys so much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, we're back. I, I, I know this is the part of the show you probably fast-forwarded to or you want to hear, which is, how, how do we get this fixed? How, how do we serve up some Detroit Kool-Aid here and get things turned around, 
you know, not some five-year plan, you know, how do, how do we get it right quicker than that? Like I said, I, I don't have a bunch of GMs and coaches. We'll get to that. I don't have, you know, the draft all figured out, even though I'm, I cannot wait for the 2021 NFL draft. But let's, let's talk in broad strokes right now. I mean, the biggest thing I see, and it's been this way for a long time, and I can't figure out why it continues to be the cycle with the Lions. The Lions need the next coach. Like, I know we always want to find the next shiny, you know, you know, bright coach, the next, you know, the next guy or whatever. But what I think the Lions really need is is they need a somebody to come in here that's had like a proven track record of winning. They, they also need somebody that's been there before and done that at a high, high level. Because when you're new, as I've said before, when you're new at anything, no matter how good you are, no matter how smart you are, no matter how good you're going to be in the future, it takes you a while to get rolling. So I know everybody thinks, well, but if you find that new young coach, you'll have him forever. Yeah, but, you know, you also got to go, the guy's never done it before. He's never been, he's never, so I think the Lions really need somebody that not only can walk in with Super Bowls, but just has been a legitimate high-end NFL head coach, winning on his resume, respected around the league. You know, I, I don't know who that guy is yet, but I'm leaning that way more so than the, the new guy who's never done it that we hope works. Now, what this guy also has to have from a head coach perspective is he's got to be a culture changer. He's got to be an energy guy too. You know what I mean? He has to be somebody that's going to like say, you know, I, I don't, you always hear him say, well, we don't care about the past and this, that, and the other. This guy almost has to like care about the past and know that you, you don't just come in here and, and, you know, put, put together some X's and O's and, and fix the lines. You have to change not only culture, but you have to be somebody that's dynamic enough to just kind of, you know, get over all the humps that have that have held this team back for years and years, even decades uh, and decades now. And that's somebody, like I say, that can be a leader of men, that can be dynamic, and that can also do more than just draw it up on the grease board or give a good speech or whatever. He's got to be more than that. And Again, I don't know who this person is, but I know when you're talking about GMs to go with that guy, you know, I heard um, 97-1, you know, was Doug and Gator, whatever, you know, Gator was saying, like, go go at least call Ozzie Newsom and see what it would take to bring him in here. And, like, that's, that's not a bad approach, man, because Ozzie Newsom has an amazing track record. He's a no-nonsense football guy. He's been at a great organization for years. He's somewhat available because he kind of retired yet still around with the Ravens. Like, you know, that's the kind of guy you need. Somebody that can pick players and that come in here and broom out everything, but get you turned around pretty quick with a couple good drafts. And that's the kind of guy that can do it. A guy that's done it time after time after time. Not the new GM who we think might be good or has some new flashy ideas. A guy that has literally done it, you know, and doesn't have to 
figure it out from scratch can say like come in this is how we're going to run the draft room and then you also need that guy that's like the team president that's football based and that's a guy that just you know either can work directly with the gm or even maybe him and the gm aren't aren't buddies aren't pals but they like hold each other accountable or the the president can hold the gm accountable rather than like just do whatever you want and what 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 do you think the fords are actually gonna step in or know what to do or or hold people accountable they just they're not only too too nice they're too aloof and they're too they just don't know they 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 don't know so you know that's what you need is is a guy at the top top to be a Again, I would love an experienced guy at the very top, you know, an Ozzie Newsome type, a GM, and then a head coach that, yeah, I don't want somebody that's at the very end of their career, but I wouldn't mind a guy that's, you know, mid to later career, but actually has some some Super Bowl rings, has some W's, still has some life left in him, a guy that can step up to the microphone and be honest, you know, if the team, if he wants to hide something in regards to an injury, fine. But if somebody asks you a straight-up question where if your answer isn't going to make any difference, just answer honestly. Just just say what's on your mind. Like Pete Carroll got an extension out with the Seahawks, right? And he's Mr. Optimistic. Everything is always just, you know, rainbows and butterflies, as Grifka would say. But at least he's usually pretty straightforward, you know, um, good, bad, or otherwise. You know, I feel like he just... He, he'll overly prom- promote that everybody's grade is going well. We love this. We love that. But I feel like he also just will give answers. He's he, They're not afraid to go out and get players, go for talent. You know, I just feel like that's the kind of guy you need where not every question is the end-all, be-all, Matt Patricia or some of these lying coaches. Like somebody asks you something that isn't strategic or isn't, you know, straight up about how, you know, when's DeAndre Swift going to be back? You can actually answer it like a human being. You know, this isn't the, uh, these guys act like they work with the FBI and every question is classified or everything they do ever has to be hidden. And it's like, no, that's, that's not how it has to be. You know, have the lines in the past been too open? Yeah, I think they have been at times, but there's a good middle ground of not being, you know, too open where you give everything away and everybody knows what you're up to or what players you want or being, you know, this think you're in some submarine and that you're going to hide everything from everybody and that, you know, that's going to fool the league because there's too many smart football people out there to think you're going to pull the wool over everybody's eyes when you have these horrible answers and horrible um, approach to things like the fan base, the media, everybody just looks at you and like, come on, man, like that you can't be serious right now. <clears throat> so the Lions need a, a guy, a coach, a head coach that's going to step up. Um, even Jim Schwartz, I'll give him credit, man. Like I felt like when he talked, he, he was pretty open and honest. I mean, he, and he did what I said, like if something was, you know, close to the vest or he didn't want to give it away. He knew how to get around questions. But if you talk to him in an open interview or asked him about his team, he'd give you a pretty straight answer and had a little moxie behind it. You know, not this uh, ho-hum, you know, we're always going to be these humble guys, these people that can never, you know, come out and challenge anybody. It's just, that's not going to work in a ultra competitive alpha type league like the NFL. So the Lions from a 
GM, president, and uh, coaching perspective need a proven winner. They need a, not not just a culture changer. We hear that a lot, like culture changer. Always oh, change the culture. You need a dynamic person that's going to be able to overcome 50 years of losing here. Um, a person that's going to be able to take a football team and get them over some of these humps of injuries, of, you know, lackluster play, bad effort, you know, country club practices like we've had there at Allen Park for so long, and get them to rally behind something that's meaningful and that can go forward and can overcome loss after loss, year after year, um, no playoff wins, all the stuff that you hear about, and overcome the media. You know, we got the media that just, the you know, they're like the Grifkas of the world. The minute something goes wrong, they want to just, sky is falling, you know, oh, we got we to gotta ask the tough questions, we got to hold them accountable. You know, someone that can overcome the media and turn them around to where they realize that everybody wants to win, but... The minute something goes wrong or a season that goes bad, it's not the end of the world, right? As long as you have a legit game plan and don't let these people get to you where they're just kind of bringing you, the organization, the players, everybody down. I mean, you know who I'm talking about out there. They're they're out there, the beat reporters that just, they report on this team. They say they love this team, but all they do is create issues for this team by the same horrible attitude and mentality. Why do you think I enjoy some of the solo shows so much? Because I don't have to hear Grifka's negativity or Grifka coming on here going, the woe is me, when that doesn't help the show. That doesn't help the Lions. That doesn't help, you know, a, a mindset of getting up over the hump. Now, can you be frustrated? Can you be pissed off like I am right Right now, having to talk for 20, 30 minutes already about how bad the team is and how we got to change the coach and how we can't win against anybody that has any type of decent record. And I'm just sick of this. Yeah, but you don't hear me all the time, especially after wins going on. But it wasn't this, but it wasn't that, but they don't have this. I, I take great joy in the victories and great joy in the positive with the Lions more so than I do being on here talking about this garbage. So we got to get the Grifkas, we got to get the media, we got to get the, the, the fan base that, that loves to hate this team or says they love them, yet all they do is want them to fall on their face. We got to get somebody that help get them all turned around. And the easiest way to do that, and we all know this, is put up W's. You know, come in here, you know, get your culture, get positive, get hard work, get players that, uh, you know, are dynamic, and then go win. And, and win consistently and win at a high level. That's really, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. I don't know who that is right now. I don't know who that is in all those seats. But I know, again, here on, um, you know, just before Thanksgiving here, I, I, I know for a fact it's not Bob Quinn. I know for a fact it's not Matt Patricia. I know Rod Wood isn't the team president that we need. I, I know all that for certain. And yeah, did I hold out longer than most? Did I sit here and hope and want and maybe and I sure believe B-L-E-A-V with Benny Blades? Yeah, I did all that. And that's past now. And it's because of what I see on the field. Consistently see week after week. I look at the players. Again, I, I, I love the draft. I love player evaluation. Yeah, all those people that I gave a free pass and, and thought maybe this year they'd come around and they haven't. Yeah, I've seen enough. You know, I, I don't need to project out. I don't need to wait another year. I don't need to see you anymore. You can go away anytime soon would be good. So, you know, 
that that's where I'm at with this team from from a coach GM president perspective. Now, when you talk about players, because I just said let's get rid of these players that I've seen enough from. Well, what do you do? Everybody's like, well, you gotta have players. What's Grifka's line? We can't fire all the players, so you fire the coach. Okay, well, Grifka, I'm ready to start firing some players because these guys aren't good enough. They don't make enough plays. So, you know, when you're talking about how do you get this team, you know, I've only named, you know, four, five, six, seven guys that you can really keep on that are going to be help you win on Sundays. So, you know, again, when you're looking at players, what I think you got to do is you got to take what's good on this team, keep it. You know, you got to keep those middle of the road guys that aren't costing you much and aren't, you know, putting out a bunch of bad tape, keep those guys. What you need to do is find a way to get out from some of these bad players and bad contracts, whether that be these rookies that didn't work out, second, third year guys, whatever it is. You need to find a way to move past Jamie Collins, Hal Vitae, um, you know, the Deron Harmons of the world. Like these None of these guys are are, are either working out currently or going to make any big dynamic impact on the back end. So the quicker you move forward, the better. So let's go ahead and get aggressive. Start getting some of these guys out of here, whether you got to eat money or hopefully move them forward to another team or use some of those outs in the contract that Bob Quinn built in. Whatever you have to do to get some of those guys gone. Then when you get to the draft process, what you need to do is you need to look at this team with whoever's the next in charge and say, okay, like instead of trying to fit players into schemes, instead of trying to, uh, you know, my way or the highway, I would like to see a much better approach of like talent trumps everything. You know, if we already have DeAndre Swift, if we're sitting there, you know, in the second or third round and there's a really dynamic running back that can help us, you don't just pass on them because they're running back. You don't just pass on them because the the value isn't always there. I'm not telling you to take a running back again in the top 10, but I'm saying that's a position we think we have covered, but we have one body. So if you can get another guy there that either has a dynamic skill set or is a thumper or is a better a player that can help Swift, you go take him based on talent. Same with the other positions like wide receivers. Okay, I I've I went back and forth on Kenny. I was kind of like, hey, Kenny's not um, worth you know 18, 20 million dollars a year. Then he continued to play great football. I looked at his whole body of work and I'm like, okay, maybe I am willing to pay this guy. But that was before we kind of fumbled through the season. I kind of grew tired of Matt Stafford's you know shtick as well. So it's like now I think you don't pay Kenny. I hate to waffle back and forth, but I think you don't pay Kenny and you just let him go to whatever team. You'll probably be great on whatever team he goes to and make a bunch of money. But you go in the draft and free agency and you go get dynamic speed, height, weight, speed, um, you know, these type of guys that are just, they either have dynamic skill sets or they're the new type of receiver. Not, not these body catchers, not these lack of separation guys that we've continued to go with. And I think that goes with a new quarterback as well. Like the new quarterback isn't going to, you know, have the preferences that Matt Stafford has on what he likes, what he doesn't, what's acceptable to him, what isn't. The new quarterback's going to be like, go get me some talented receivers. Let's go play ball. So I think you can go do that on the offensive side, on the defensive side. 
you just got to focus on, on up front. You know what I mean? Like, you need... I'm not a big guy for defensive tackles. You know, everybody loves these big defensive tackles now. I think they're close to the quarterback. No, I'm much more of an edge rusher guy, whether it comes from defensive ends or outside linebackers. So I think you really need to focus in that area. The fact the Lions have just disregarded it and told us, oh, don't worry, it's going to be okay, um, just has proven not to be the case. It's a big issue on this team, so you have to go get dynamic, fast, bendy edge rushers. And, uh, like, you just got to get people that can cover better. I mean, as simple as that. Like, I don't – I think it's partly the scheme, but I, I don't think – I think Trufon has shown he can't play. I think Justin Coleman has shown he's not good at football. I, I, I feel like Okuda better make a big year two jump and then a really big leap in year three, or we're going to have big issues with him. Um, our safeties haven't shown to be that great in the back end of coming up, making hits, or doing anything. So you, you need to focus on being able to cover in the new NFL and be able to get after the quarterback. The Lions can do neither right now. It's embarrassing to say it. It's it's just frustrating to look at this roster, but it's the truth. So, you know, that's where they need to spend their time and efforts. And, and like I said, if I'm sitting on the draft board, you know, upcoming, I'm looking at my board, I'm telling you, when I make those Lions picks, I'm not going to be as worried about, well, you got to get this position or, hey, you know, we this would fit nicely on the current team. I'm going to look at this team almost as a blank slate with a couple of those players I talked about. And none of those players are guys that I can't build upon. So we we go into this offseason with just DeAndre Swift basically at running back. I'm not going to turn a blind eye to another dynamic running back. We we go in there with just TJ Hawkinson. I'm not going to turn my eye if another tight end prospect comes up in the middle rounds. That's, that's good. Same with our whole offensive line is coming back. Am I going to turn my eye to a, a good tackle or a good um, interior player that can help me? No. Am I going to you know, just say, oh, we're going to continue with this coverage. We're going to just figure it out on defense. Or am I going to probably spend my first round pick on the best edge rusher I can find? No doubt about it. Am I going to come back in the second and third rounds and get new cornerbacks that can replace Trufant, that can um, go with AO, can play actual slot corner and guard someone? Absolutely. Am I going to try to get myself a dynamic hard-hitting, nasty safety that can go get the football but can also take your head off, kind of like Benny Blades. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go try to find that hard-hitting, nasty player on the back end that puts the fear in people when they either come across the middle or when they play the Detroit Lions. And I'm going to get a, some, some nasty guys up front that aren't just trying to hold the point, that can get after the QB, that can disrupt and can do some things. So, I mean... Simple as that, everybody. Like they, they gotta rethink everything. They gotta do things more dynamically. They need a, a team that, um, you know, is is up with the new things or is ahead of the curve in the NFL instead of always being behind it. I know everybody wants to say, you gotta have a strong offensive line, strong defense. So I gotta run the football. You know, they they have these football principles, and overall, I don't think those are horrible to have. But I think when you're like Matt Patricia and you're like Daryl Bevel and you get stuck in those, like you're stuck in mud, it just shows that you you can't adapt, you're not innovative, and you're also not up on today's game, which today's game is you can't touch anybody on defense. You you also um, need dynamic playmakers that can not only catch but run after the catch as well as running backs that can run and catch the football. That's what you need to win, and you need a, a guy at quarterback I'm sorry, Matt Stafford has just molded himself into the Detroit Lions way of doing things. 
I don't care how good you can throw it. I don't care how good of a guy you are. I don't care, you know, how much you love the city, how much charitable you've been. We've reached a point where, like, we just need a new voice, a new player, a guy with some gusto, a leader, an absolute winner that just says, yeah, I might not be able to throw it 80 yards. I might not be able to make some of the throws Stafford did on, on sidearm and whatnot. But I, I can I can make sure my team is one point ahead of the other team at the end of the day more consistently than not. And Stafford's proved he hasn't he can't do that with the Lions or, or with what's around him or just him in general. He can't overcome and he can't get us any higher than than mid mid level. And, and, and that's not where we want to be. And we're below that level uh, by quite a ways right now. So just need a whole over, uh, you know, overhaul as well as a new way of thinking and a approach to the draft and free agency go get good football players and, and don't worry so much about this whole like you know oh uh, does it do they love are they try hard guys or this or that sometimes talent talent trumps everything and that's why you can go back and listen in the archives i did probably an hour show on the reason you should have considered dk metcalf was because he was bigger than everyone he was faster than everyone and he was a good guy off the field, and he was at a position that that makes an impact in the NFL, which is a receiver position. And sure enough, he went to the perfect situation, and he's proven to be an absolute dynamic talent at that position. And the Lions need to find some dynamic talents. I mean, they 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 really are lacking in that category. So I hope they can go out and do some of the things I mentioned. I hope that we as a fan base can get jazzed up once they move on from Patricia and Quinn and this whole Patriot, everything and say, oh, all right, let's refocus. Let's get excited about new players, new quarterback, new GM, new president, new head coach, and go from there. So that's my hope, everybody. We'll see what happens. And as far as Turkey Day goes, like I say, they better wear those classic throwbacks, the the helmets with no logo. I love the darker blue jerseys, but you know they're going to go with that Honolulu blue that they came out with a couple years ago. Rock those throwbacks. I mean, Houston Texans just had a big win against the New England Patriots. I mean, that does not bode well for the Lions on a whole bunch of levels. Um, but, you know, um, Deion you know, Watson, Deshaun Watson has, has been a guy who's hot and cold sometimes. You know, they do have speed at receiver, which worries me. You know, I could see Will Fuller getting up over the top on us. I can see, um, you know, some of their other playmakers doing some things. Even uh, their running back, Duke Johnson, hasn't had a very good game, but he can catch it out of the backfield, probably give us some problems. But they don't have any real dynamic tight ends, you know, for the most part. So I, I could see the Lions kind of hanging in this game, especially if you get – you know, the Lions in the throwbacks. Kenny's back. Swift is back. Stafford's got something to prove. Um, you know, defense is embarrassed by last week. You could see them coming out and playing decent and this kind of being a back and forth, up and down type of game. I could see him winning it. And, you know, I hate to say it because it feels like I'm covering all my bases, but could I see the Lions just getting trounced in this game? It'd be an absolute embarrassment, like, you know, 35 to 7, you know, um, you know, 40 burger on us and we only put up a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I could see that too. So, you know, I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm going to go Grifka on this one where I, I feel like, you know, they're pretty much, well, no, I spent the whole podcast saying they're done. They are done. This season's done. This regime is done. This head coach is done, but 
you know, I'm still going to root on the Lions on Thanksgiving. Hope they put a good effort out there. Hope they, um, you know, win the ball game, knowing that these coaches aren't coming back. This regime, this whole setup's not coming back. So a win on Thanksgiving is not going to jeopardize that. And, and like I said, until they're really mathematically out of the playoffs and until wins late in December start costing me five draft slots, seven draft slots, four drafts like that's when I start worrying about W's is like you have nothing to play for you're injured you're this or that and by winning you're costing yourself big time in the NFL draft which is the most important draft in all of sports so that's when you'll hear me start to you know do that where Griff could just wants wins in in December and January that mean nothing and I'm sitting there saying okay now you gotta use your head and now we have to just be smart about this and, and look at the draft status as well as keeping some of our good players pretty much off the field save them from injuries we don't want to go into the season with the off-season surgeries and whatnot so that that's kind of where my head's at is again i'm going to enjoy some great food this thanksgiving like i said usually have a big extended family type of thanksgiving um yeah and usually if the lions are anywhere in the hunt i like to sort of watch the game and get all hype by myself and then sort of go do the family thing from there i think this year you know i'm just gonna play it low-key i'm gonna be with a couple really close family members we're gonna have some really good food Um, i'm gonna be in on the game but i'm not gonna just make it monopolize my day i'm gonna play some washers um with my family which we always enjoy i'm gonna enjoy some desserts and i'm just gonna relax and uh you know, like I say, still love this team, still drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. I still want them to win at this point, and I still want them to play football we can be proud of. But we've reached a point where changes need to be made. Changes will be made. But until then, everybody, I thank you so much for listening. I hope all you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving, wonderful holiday. To Grifka, to the Waffle Maker, I say thank you. I'm thankful for you being on the show as much as you drive me crazy. I'm thankful to get to talk Lions a couple times a week with both you and the one and only Lion Safety, Benny Blades. And I'm thankful for everybody out there that on Twitter and on these different platforms has hit me up, kind of created this football community, which has meant a lot to me and I'm, I'm very thankful for as well. So everybody, that's what I got today. I'll be back next week talking all things Lions for now. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.